This is the Manly Sports Podcast. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the show where manly men talk manly sports. On today's episode, we will be recapping the NBA trade deadline and what it means for the Golden State Warriors' chances of retaining their dominance. We're also going to share a story you may never have heard of regarding one of the NBA's all-time greats. Then we'll dive into some football talk with the premiere of the new Alliance of American Football debut this past weekend, as well as NFL free agency and NFL draft talk. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to give us a review on iTunes or any of the other platforms where you listen. If you'd like to support us financially as we aim to grow this podcast and improve our distribution, head over to our Anchor podcast page, Manly Sports. We truly appreciate your support. Now let's get on with the show. All right, everyone. Well, I'm here with Ryan, and we are going to jump right in, and we're going to start off by talking about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, Not much happened, uh, but, you know, some things did happen, and some teams did get better. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about what went on during the trade deadline? Well, a couple guys got moved. Uh, Nothing crazy. Anthony Davis stayed in New Orleans. Uh, Tobias Harris was a big move going to Philadelphia, where it rounds out their starting five really well. Um, I think they have the best chance to win the East uh, now that they have that that uh, that small forward piece, power forward piece, and uh, the fact that you know Milwaukee's great and Toronto's great, but you know Philly might make a run. That's my prediction, which is a good good fit for him, Tobias. And then you look at Markel Fultz, who gets traded, uh, former first overall pick, for a first round pick, a second round pick, and Jonathan Simmons. Uh, personally, I don't know if that really makes a lot of sense for Orlando, they're taking a chance on a kid who really doesn't have a jump shot. So we'll see what happens. That, those are the two big deals. Marcus all left as well. He's with Toronto. And like we saw in the Nets game last night against Toronto, he was a huge trade for them and he's going to do really well for them and have, he's an upgrade from Jonas Valanciunas. And uh, I think he rounds out that five really well and they're going to make a deep playoff run as well. Interesting, interesting. Well, I actually ran a Twitter poll the other day where I asked if anyone could actually compete with the Warriors now, and most people were still saying no. Do you think that that's still the case? Are the Warriors still the front runner? Yeah, I still believe the Warriors are going to win this whole thing. Uh, when you have Durant and, and Curry on the same team, now adding Boogie Cousins, and not to mention, obviously, Clay and Draymond, the, the team is too solid, too many superstars. I think they're still the best team in the, in the league. Yeah, I get that sense, too. I mean, I think that's coming to an end, though, eventually. And, you know, with some of these moves, you know, hopefully t- other teams can compete in the coming years uh, for that title. So, and now speaking of the Nets, you mentioned that they played the Raptors last night. Uh, you know, they lost to the Bulls a few nights ago. I was actually at the game and uh, had some great seats. But it sucks to uh, see your team go down. <laughs> I haven't been to an NBA game in a long time, so that was... That was tough, but it was a cool atmosphere in Brooklyn. It really felt like Brooklyn when you were in there. And uh, Karis LeVert is back. You know, hopefully Dinwiddie will be back eventually. You know, what is the Nets' outlook going forward? Um, I think just getting those key guys back and being able to keep the ship afloat while they're out. Um, D'Angelo Russell has been amazing. He's been our guy. Joe Joe Harris has been shooting the lights out. Um, The Nets love their 2-3 zone. which is rare in the NBA, but I think it's good situationally, but I don't think they can need to rely on it as their, their number one defense. I think they need to be able to play man-to-man defense in the regular season to get better at it, obviously, and, and just to have some sort of identity on the defensive end. So I, I like the 2-3 to mix it up to show a team, team's a different look, but 
having you know a, a man-to-man in your back pocket, knowing you had you can rely on your man-to-man defense is important. And they got exposed last night against uh, Toronto with that two-three. So it's good and bad. So I think they just need to keep playing well offensively enough, well enough offensively until they get their guys back. Yeah, I mean they've been playing well without those guys, and now you bring back a couple of potential All Stars, you know, and that team turns into a real competitor in the next couple of years. So they're young, future's bright. I think the Nets, you know, they're just on the cusp here. So exciting to see them, you know, start to do well. Would like to see them beat those teams like the Raptors. Uh, you know, but it was a close game, came down to the final shot. So I think the outlook's good for the season. Next, we're actually going to talk about a really interesting story. Uh, you may have heard of Wilt Chamberlain, pretty famous, but you may not know that Wilt Chamberlain actually played in the professional basketball league as a 16-year-old under a different name. So there's actually a video all about this that I was watching, and uh, it's really interesting, but... I'll link that in the description of this this episode. But essentially, Wilt Chamberlain at age 16 went under a different name, the name of George Marcus, uh, and played professional basketball, which is illegal at that age, uh, and basically just absolutely dominated. So believe it or not, he actually averaged 54 points per game one season, which obviously is unheard of. I mean, he was playing against maybe not the same competition that you'd see today. Um, but still, 54 points per game. Just absolutely incredible at age 16. And in the playoffs that year, according to this video, and they, their, their sources are good, um, he actually averaged 70 points per game in the playoffs that year. So uh, I would say that this is kind of a story you really want to check out uh, to see how that, that developed. Uh, Ryan, have you heard of this story before? I actually haven't. I know he was a great player, obviously, but I haven't heard of the you know 16 year old thing i never knew that yeah well i guess it was like considered kind of like you know a myth or a legend and people didn't know how accurate it was but if you go see this video uh, essentially it goes over some of the proof and the, the newspaper articles from that time some of the videos you can see it's will chamberlain um but when he went into college he actually was asked have you ever played pro because there were some rumors and he he told them no he had not um, so, you know, cause then he'd be disqualified from playing in college, but, uh, yeah, he went essentially played pro at age 16, averaged 54 points per game, 70 in the playoffs, and then went to college and then went to the pros. So nobody, really interesting story. Did nobody you... know what was going on back then. They couldn't recognize <laughs> who he was. Yeah. You'd like... think that they could just look at the guy and say, wait, you were in this league four years ago. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, but. Yeah, I don't know where they're getting the footage, but, I mean, it exists. So go check out the video. We'll link to it. Uh, it's really interesting. It's pretty in-depth as far as, I mean, it's not, not a long video, but in-depth as far as proof uh, that it actually was Wilt. So really interesting story. All right, so we're actually going to shift now, and we're going to talk a little bit about football. Uh, so you may have seen that the Browns actually went and signed uh, Kareem Hunt, and this is obviously controversial because Kareem uh, was basically kicked off the Chiefs, and I think he might still be suspended from the NFL due to uh, a video that came out where he was seen like punching women in a hotel. Uh, you know, how do you feel about the Browns actually going and saying, "Screw it, we're going to sign this guy. He deserves a second chance." From a, like a personal standpoint, I think the guy is not a very high character person. I think he's got a lot of flaws. From a football standpoint, <laughs> makes sense because he's a great player, but 
I can't say, you know, it's a good move because it's, you know, it might bring some uh, problems into the locker room. But if you're keeping everything on the field, obviously, like we can't deny that he's a great player. But I'm not saying he's definitely probably a terrible person. So <laughs> uh, I don't really know. I mean, depends on, you know, if he's they think he gets deserves a second chance. So I don't know. I can't. Yeah, I mean, I assume there's character. I assume but... there's some counseling involved. And, you know, he has to show that he, you know, is remorseful for that type of thing. But it's hard. It's hard to come back from an abuse uh, scenario, and a lot of people are, you know, one strike and you're out on that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, well, you know, acceptable, you know. Yeah, I mean, there. I know there were some Jets fans that were saying, "Hey, go sign Hunt. He's going to be a cheap, you know, alternative to someone like Le'Veon Bell." Um, but you know, GM Mike McKagan, I believe is, he runs like a charity or uh, an organization that aims to fight uh, domestic abuse. So, yeah, so, abuse. so I don't think that, you know, he would ever make that move regardless of talent because Kareem Hunt's obviously an all pro talent. Um, so it's definitely a controversial move. The Browns will now have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. So, you know, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. It could be, could make both of them better. You know, having another. Yeah, guy they're there. still waiting to see if he gets off the suspension, though. So you never know; he might never play again. So it all depends on what the commissioner does, and I don't, I don't know if he'll play next season. I think the video is pretty bad. You saw what happened with A. Rice, so he was out as soon as that happened. So. Then, then again, though, a lot of these guys are given second chances if they're talented, and also if there's no video. A lot of time, true. A lot of times, there's guys that get domestic abuse charges, and there's just no video. Once you see it on camera, it's like, all right, this guy's done. So yeah, it's hard to to forget that when you see it. Um, probably much easier if it's just kind of, you know, a witness allegations or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, but it's actually bad, but not it, as bad as actual video. Yeah, and and professional sports have have a way of forgiving people who you know can lead your team to a championship. Right, it's different um, in, at the professional level. Yeah, yeah, if he was a if he was a, a barely making a roster talent, we'd never see him again. We don't even know about him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would be cut, suspended, and no team would ever pick him up. But, you know, it's the way it goes in professional sports. I can't say it's right. Uh, I bet you, though, a year from now, if he gets to, you know, start playing again, every other NFL team is going to be kicking themselves for not signing him, even though at the time it feels like a very controversial signing. So, you know, he's, he's going to be a great player again, probably. And, you know, if he gets his chance and – I know it seems crazy, but in a year or two, people will just start forgetting about it, and they'll start seeing what he does on the field. Um, we'll so, see. not saying it's right, just saying it's probably gonna probably gonna go that way. So, next, Ryan, I just want to quickly talk about uh, the AAF, which you may have seen. It's a it's it's essentially another football league, a professional football league that's designed to run in the spring um, when football, you know, is not usually on TV. So. It'll be interesting to see if this can actually draw a lot of viewers. I know the, the opening weekend was last weekend, and it did pretty well. Um, but you, we'll see if it stays on the major networks. If it's not, I don't know if you can you can bet that it'll do well. I mean, what do you think about the AAF I think so it's far? cool. I think it's a cool idea. I think guys are going to, you know, guys. I looked at some of the rosters and some of the guys that got cut that had a good career or, or on the cusp of having one like Trent Richardson, a couple of other guys that, you know, could have made the NFL just, didn't turn out and i think it's a cool idea i think i don't know if it, i don't think anything will compete with the nfl the nfl is too uh rich that they kind of 
you know, run everything as far as advertisements and, and uh, showtime on the major networks, like you said. So I think the NFL will run, you know, the market as far as football goes in a professional setting. So I think it's a great idea. I would definitely watch it. I saw a couple of highlights, which are pretty cool. But I think it's just going to kind of fade off into like an arena football league type deal. Yeah, I would say that it, it probably will start out pretty popular. For me, it's only going to stay popular if the talent stays high. Like if it's if it right. if it actually shows to be not just like you know slightly better than college players, but guys that look like hey, like that guy might actually be a starter in the NFL. Right, um, and that's the thing; it'll always be compared to the NFL for sure. And guys, it's it's I don't think the ratings will get higher than college football. It's too big. College football is too big, so it could be like the third option, but we'll see if it lasts. Yeah, well, I mean, there have been successful competitors to the NFL in the past, like the AFL, um, you know, who essentially became part of the NFL due to their success. You know, they, they decided it would be a good idea. Um, but it takes a lot of, you know, fan interest and loyalty and money to get it to a level like that. Personally, I think it was cool because I saw an absolutely bone-crunching hit on a quarterback and not a single flag was thrown. And, I mean, I used to play quarterback, so, you know, I get it. It's <laughs> It sucks to get slammed like that, but at the same time, it makes for great TV. And uh, I, I just feel like the NFL has gotten too flag-happy these days. So, kind of cool to see a little bit more of an old-school football uh, style. Um, you know, who knows how long that'll last when people start complaining or trying to sue. But, um one thing that I did hear someone mention regarding this league keeping its success going, this new league, is to offer higher rookie contracts to college guys coming out because the NFL caps rookie contracts as a way to reward veterans and to keep, keep teams' cap uh, levels down. But it would be interesting to see if someone like a, you know, a middle of the first round or late first round, early second round type player, you know, was more enticed by a contract offered in the AAF, you know, and said like, Hey, like I can go earn double the money there. It's still professional football. I'm still making money. I'm still getting, you know, solid film in. I'm probably not going to get hurt as much because I'm going up against slightly lower competition than the NFL. And then maybe after three or four years, the NFL will pick me up. Do you think that would be a solid way to keep that league going? I think it makes sense for the organization to do that. I think that that's a smart idea if they want to try to compete with the NFL. But I think at the end of the day, if you get drafted in the in the NFL draft, you're going to go to the NFL. I think that could work for like free agent guys or like undrafted guys. I think that could work. But I don't. I think what you go to the NFL to first of all fulfill a dream, and second of all, you know, you make money and you play that through that rookie contract to get an extension or to get a free agent deal that is more money that you can spend. So if you're a confident young person going into the NFL, uh, I think you kind of bet on yourself and say, let me go to the NFL and play in front of the best fans in the world. I don't, I don't, I think that makes sense as an incentive for players when you look at it from the organization, like I said, but not as a player, I, I would want to go to the NFL. Yeah. But like you're saying, if you're like a late round talent, yeah, I can definitely see it happening. It just depends on the person, I guess. Depends on the player, what they think of going either NFL or um, AAF. It all depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, obviously, it'll be lower uh, publicity, lower coverage. But, you know, if you're someone who's like middle of the road and it looks like it's a good opportunity for you to earn a lot more money and still, you know, 
go into the NFL and in the following seasons, you know, it's possible you go that route. But yeah, it's just interesting to see a new league. So I think I'm excited to watch spring football now. Um, if you're someone who doesn't really like basketball or baseball as much, this is a great thing for you. So we'll see where it goes. Now, the NFL does have pull on a lot of things, one of those things being uh, different networks. And one of the big ones in the offseason is HBO because they do do Hard Knocks, which has become a really popular uh, program for people to watch during training camp where they can see the essentially like the behind the scenes and the on-field mic'd up you know, versions of their teams uh, and other teams. But every year they kind of do a different team and – you know, it's exciting and we get to see where they're going to go with it in the future. But uh, I was I was reading that the Jets were actually considered again uh, for 2019. But uh, the, the word on the street is that they are not interested. Uh, do you think that with, you know, a new coach, a new quarterback, you know, potentially a bunch of new guys coming in through free agency in the draft, that this would be a good opportunity for the Jets? Or do you think it would be unnecessary and a distraction? I think it would be fine for them to do it. I don't I don't think it matters either way, honestly. They're in New York. I feel like cameras are on them no matter what. Uh yeah, it's a little more. But if Cleveland can handle it, I think New York, I think the Jets can handle it. I don't really see it hurting them or helping them. I think it's just a regular thing that they could do. I think it would be cool, obviously as a Jeff fan to see it, but I don't think it would be a distraction. I think, you know, especially for Sam Darnold, he's been under the spotlight since he was, you know, 18 years old at USC. So I, I think it would be cool. I don't think – I think this team doesn't have that identity of wanting to be in the light, but I'm I'm fine with it if they do it. I almost hope they do it. Well, yeah, I mean, as a fan, it's fun to watch. So I am definitely for it. Um, I, I don't think it's a huge distraction. I do feel like, you know, it's awesome to see behind the scenes. It gives your fans a little more excitement. You might sell more tickets. You might actually have a little bit more uh, reason for people to be pumped up about the season. So, yeah, I I think it would be a great thing for them, especially uh, with the team they have coming in, all these young guys to essentially, you know, create a good program for us us to watch. So, yeah, they're definitely a team I think would be okay with it, but I've heard they don't want to do it, and I, I get it. I mean, it can be a distraction, I'm sure, but... You know, as a fan, I'd like to see it. So, uh, the Jets have not been too active so far in free agency. I mean, free agency itself doesn't start until March, but there is some dealings happening before then, such as people being cut. The Jets actually already went and cut Spencer Long, the center from last season, who was so bad at center that he got moved to guard and then really wasn't much better at guard. So, uh, I think, you know, he was a good person to cut i don't think he was helping the team at all tying up too much money and i already saw the bills picked him up so i think we know it was the right move to cut him yeah i I think it was a good move uh i was against him since i watched him from week one i thought he was terrible so i'm glad he's gone you know i don't think he was a good piece of the team i think you know the backup came in when he broke his finger and did a did a solid job whether he's the future or not i think spencer long just wasn't the answer at, at on offensive line. I think that's a pretty safe, safe bet that he he was better off not on the Jets. Uh, And then there's also a report out that the Jets were not too interested in uh, sending away Leonard Williams. You know, personally, I'm someone who says Leonard Williams has underperformed 
you know, despite him being a solid starter, I don't think he's anything better than a solid starter at this point, four years into his career. Going into his fifth year, he's going to cost a ton of money to keep with his fifth-year option, and he's not producing at the level that he was drafted at, you know, number six overall four years ago. So, you know, personally, I would love to see them try to move him for some really big draft capital or for potentially a wide receiver and a little bit more draft capital. Um, You know, fill other needs. They can go and get players just like Leonard Williams based on production alone. Um, How do you feel about that one? I actually like the fact that they're going to keep him just because, you know, we, we already have him. And it's we have to pay him. I understand we have to pay him, but I don't think getting rid of him is the right answer. I think if we have that interior pressure, we can kind of build on the edge rush, which I think is the real problem. The edge rush we haven't had in years. So if we get a good edge rush, um, and they sign, well, I don't know, a great defensive end, or they they invest in a in a young guy out of the draft like Josh Allen or something. I think that's the right move to go. Coupled with Williams, I think you see Williams getting doubled, tripled. I don't know, really know what else he's supposed to do. I understand you're supposed to beat that occasionally, but he's not Aaron Donald, but he's an above-average player. So I, I'd rather keep him. Okay. Yeah, I guess my big argument with him is he's drafted so high, he should be like an Aaron Dar- Donald, you know, in the sense that right. not but he wasn't exactly number one. So right. he was a little wiggle room there. Well, not, not exactly, but you, if you're a top 10 pick, you're expected to be a pro bowler every year, essentially, uh, an all-pro here and there. You know, and it just, I feel like his, his, you know, his performance just hasn't matched that, even though it's been uh, an above average starter uh, type performance, you know. So, I mean, I would like to see them get some more, you know, fill other needs and things like that. But I get why you'd keep him because he is already good. We already know he's good. And maybe if you pair him with a few other guys, he could be really good. So we'll see. Um, But speaking of some of the other guys he could be paired with, there's like a, a few really good defensive ends slash outside linebacker types available in free agency this year, like Jadavian Clowney, Demarcus Lawrence, Trey Flowers, Frank Clark. Um, you know, you have some guys that are a little older that people see as high upside, like Ezekiel Ansa. Um, you know, and, and you know who knows? You know, the Jets could make a run at any of those guys. I think that they could grab a couple of them. Um, is there anyone in particular that you? you know, would would like to have off that list? Honestly, I would take any single person that you just named. <laughs> uh, I like Ansa. I like Demarcus Lawrence, but I think he's loyal to the Cowboys. I think he wants to go back. I love him, though. I think he would be a great addition to the, to the pass rush. Uh, Clowney, you know, I love that guy, too. I mean, he's... And he's still young. Yeah, he's young. I mean, I'll take any of them, honestly. I think D. Ford is another name on Kansas City Chiefs. I'd like to have him. Any any type of edge rush, I'll I'll take. And yeah. I think there would be a mistake for them not to go after any of them. Well, so. I think that they're going to make a run at them. It just depends on, are we going to get the right couple? And I mean, you know, someone like Dante Fowler is a name that's attached to them a lot. He has really underperformed for his draft position. He was number three overall in the 2015 draft. You know, the Rams grabbed him and kind of saved his season. Uh, he ended up having a really good finish there with them, but I feel like they're going to overspend on him just because that's what they do. Uh, and based on production, I don't know if he's worth what they're going to offer him. Um, you know, there there is another player like Trey Flowers from the Patriots who really was good down the stretch. Also young guy, 26. 
um, you know, that could be great. So there's, there's a bunch of options. I do think that you can get two of those guys and then go and, you know, add another one in the draft if you don't trade down and you have an absolutely, you know, game wrecking type defensive line uh, with Leonard Williams already there. So I, that, in that scenario, I would say I could see why you keep Leonard Williams, um, pair him with a couple of those guys, and you might actually be leading the league in sacks. So with the Jets having such a ridiculous amount of cap space, you know, it's possible for them to go and do that. It's possible them to grab, you know, a few, you know, <laughs> offensive linemen as well. Trent Brown's one of them. Uh, they can go and get centers uh, like Matt Paradis from the Broncos coming off an injury. They could probably get him pretty cheap. Um, I mean, compared to his production, he's one of the best in the league. And then you have the running back position where they can really improve. Um, I mean, they they have some decent running backs, but, you know, no one like a Le'Veon Bell, um, nobody like, you know, a Jay Ajayi, a Tevin Coleman. I mean, do you think the Jets should make a run at someone like Le'Veon Bell, even though he's going to cost more? Or do you feel like the league has proved, you know, you can go and get someone, you know, maybe for $5 million cheaper that's going to give you the same production as long as you have a good, you know, offensive line? And I just think uh, Le'Veon Bell would be great for them. But at the same time, I think I've always said that running back is very expendable in the NFL. So if you can get him, and I think you spend it, and, and if you can agree to a deal, it's perfect. But uh, honestly, just grab talent. The Jets lack talent, and that's the problem. They have the two pieces they need on offensive defense with Darnold and Jamal Adams. But if they just need, you know, whether it's wide receiver, running back, talent, edge rush talent, just grab some guys that can play. And make some plays down, you know, in, in critical moments. I don't, they, they don't have enough guys that are like that. A lot of people are forgetting, too, that the Jets can afford a lot of these guys. They have a lot of cap space. And people are saying, oh, if you get Le'Veon Bell, you know, don't go for Le'Veon Bell. Go and get the offensive line. Well, you can get the offensive line and Le'Veon Bell. They have enough money to do that and to get a couple edge rushers um, or, you know, big-time interior you know, defensive lineman. So I don't, I don't like that argument when people are like, Oh, don't, don't sign big, big name running backs. They're not worth it. But if someone like Le'Veon Bell can, you know, be in the backfield and then pop out of the backfield, he can go into the slot. He can just make a, uh, you know, a defensive coordinator, you know, have nightmares, you know, and, and that's something that you need on your offense, whether he's really as good as you're paying him or not. Uh, he's going to create that level of, fear in the defense that he's playing against. Um, I think he's worth it, you know, and I think that the Jets will make a run at him. Jamal Adams has been all over Twitter <laughs> trying to recruit him. So I think that they will at least try to get it done. If not, maybe grab someone like Tevin Coleman, um, you know, and, you know, maybe draft a guy in the middle rounds. But, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, now, speaking of the draft, the Jets have been linked to a bunch of different players, Josh Allen, uh, Quentin Williams, Jonah Williams at, at the tackle position. Uh, and then most recently I saw them linked to Rashawn Gary, uh, who was at Michigan. So he was like the top rated guy coming out of high school, you know, the most potential, but he really didn't have a ton of production at Michigan. Some of it was due to injuries, but you know, what makes anyone think he's going to do better against pro competition if he couldn't dominate at the college level? I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Sometimes it's what these guys are saying. Maybe he will, but I don't know what. Maybe they're seeing something we don't. But I think if you don't take an edge, a pass rush here in this def- defensive 
stacked draft, I think you make a mistake uh, unless you trade way, way back for someone. But I, I think you got to take a, a pass rush here uh, that is proven in the, in the college levels. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you have to, you know, for me, I've always been someone who said production over potential. And like, I think that potential is great, but, you know, at what point are you, you know, is it going to be time for that potential to show itself? Um, so I don't like the Rashawn Gary link. Uh, I did see an awesome mock draft uh, yesterday where they show the Jets trading back to, I think, 15 with the Redskins. Redskins moving all the way up to three, which is a massive jump. Um, and taking someone like Dwayne Haskins or a Kyler Murray. And then the Jets at 15 taking someone like Cleveland Farrell from the, from the uh, Clemson team. So I think they could still get a, a top quality talent, you know, in the middle of the first round. And then that would give them like their second round pick back. They would get another first round pick uh, in 2020 and really start to build the team. So for me, that's the best case scenario is to trade back, get a quality defensive end or a top wide receiver at like 15 Someone like uh, Inkeel Harry or uh, DK Metcalf, you know, to really improve their offense, and then you know, have your second round pick back and have another first rounder next year. So, for me, that's their best case scenario. There's going to be some quarterback needy teams that make a dumb move and trade too high, and I think the Jets can take advantage of that. All right, well, that's going to do it for our show today. We just wanted to go over some of the NBA moves that have been going on and uh, talk a little bit about. NFL free agency uh, and the draft that's coming in April. Uh, We got a lot coming in the next month or so as March Madness starts at the end of this month. And, uh, you know, we'll bring you a lot of our coverage on that. And then as we move into the draft, we'll talk more about, you know, some of the prospects on the table, uh, what teams will be looking for. And we'll see where the Nets are uh, when it comes time for for playoffs right now. They look like they're going to be, you know, making a a little bit of a a run here. We don't know how far, but uh, we'll see what happens. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to go on your Apple podcasting app and to write us a review. Give us a five-star rating. We really appreciate your support. Uh, If you enjoyed this show, share it, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.